0: Hello Rip City to all of you here in town and in every corner of the interps, thank you for tuning in. We hope you're enjoying this beautiful, uh, what, Tuesday, the 9th of April. You are listening to the Podline Trailcasters. I am Keith Feltner Smith and Brandon Goldner here with me as always A Daring the dashing, and the Beautiful and the Bold. That is he. How are you, sir?
1: back at trailcasters (laughs) on twitter facebook or instagram emails are always gonna work that's gonna be trailcaster@gmail.com. and of course we have a website simply trailcasters.com but the most important thing and i usually put on my michael jackson voice to say this we're gonna want your five star reviews whether they are on itunes stitcher spotify that does not matter what matters keith are those reviews because more reviews need more people more people need more fun keith how's everything going on this what is a dark tuesday afternoon
0: well, you know, dark is what happens in the, in the evening, sir. What is it? It's 8.42 at this point. It's 8.42, well past your bedtime. <laughs> <laughs> it is going wonderfully. I'm especially happy with the way the, the current Blazer game is going. We'll get to that in just one sec. But we are here tonight for a duo solo podcast. No guests, just us. Duo about- solo. Duo solo. The game, talking about—we'll talk about last uh, this last Sunday's game, like you said, and a couple other things. The The, the Lakers issue—the the news, the Magic Johnson news, however you want to put that. And uh, I already
1: forgot our other topic. We're going to talk about Kyle Korver, Keith, and White Privilege, which is an important thing to talk about. Yeah, we'll cover all all of those things.
0: things. Go ahead. Start with that. Let's let's go for it.
1: Summarize to the listeners, please. So Kyle Korver penned a piece in the Players' Tribune, and I'm going to go, the the theme of this show, Keith, is off script, so I've got nothing in front of me, and here's what I have to say about it. Like, I read the piece. It's basically Kyle Korver admitting that he didn't even know his own privilege as a white man in America... And it was spurred by the comments that those jazz fans made a couple of weeks ago that their owner had to come out and say, look, like, don't make racist comments like why should anyone even have to say that it's pretty disgusting but Kyle Korver talked about when his teammate uh, Tabo Savalosha when he was stopped by police I think it was in New York City and he had his leg broken and it turned out that it was just this horrible you know racially motivated police stop and just the, the thing that I wanted to touch on briefly at the beginning of the show was that Kyle Korver again as a white dude coming out and talking about white privilege I think it's super important especially in a league That's majority black to talk about how, yes, like this is a league whose owners are predominantly white, whose GMs, whose coaches are predominantly white who's like the people benefiting from the NBA are predominantly white and yet the players are mostly black like that's enough of a connection for me not to mention the implications it has throughout society again I think it's really important for people like Kyle and white men Keith like you and I you and I to just say look like white privilege is a thing and he made a differentiation I'll I'll get off my soapbox in just a second no you're good he made the differentiation between white guilt and white responsibility and I think that's important look like the echoes of slavery we are still feeling them today. We do not have an equal society. Racism is a thing. We are not beyond that. And so again, I just wanted to say again, off script from the bottom of my soul that I appreciated his words. And I wish that more people would talk about this more comfortably. It's something you and I try to do on the show. And yeah, like sometimes these conversations can be hard, but guess what? You and I are white and Kyle talked about this. He gets to opt into these conversations just like you and I do. Cause it's not something that yeah. affects us on a daily basis because we are white and that's the privilege that we carry. So props to Kyle, Corver, it was a great, it was a great read. If you haven't checked it out, check out the Players Tribune. A really, really good read. Uh, did you have any thoughts on that?
0: Uh, I mean, I just, I kind of want to echo what you said. I, I think it's important as, uh, as white people and especially white males, uh, for us to. Make sure we are, are, are helping the situation, not hurting and not standing by. Uh, Staying on the sidelines does not count as neutrality or, or, or helping in any way, any way, shape, or form. Uh, I just want to read a quick thing that from Corver's uh, piece, uh, just to kind of give people a taste here. When the police break your teammate's leg, you think it would wake you up a little. When they arrest him on New York Street, throw him in jail for a night, and leave him in with a season-ending injury, you'd think it would sink in. You'd think you'd know there was more to the story. You'd think... But nope, before I tell the rest of this story, let me just say real quick, Tabo wasn't some random teammate of mine or some guy in the league who I knew a little bit. We'd become legitimate friends that year in our downtime. And then he goes on to say later, uh, when on the morning he found out that Tabo had been arrested, want to know what my first thought was about my friend and my teammate? My first thought, what was Tabo doing out at a club on a back-to-back? Now, just I, that alone, as far as illustrating white privilege, and I'm, I'm not saying this is not to be critical of Kyle Corver. This is just, well, the, the fact that he can acknowledge this, the fact that he can say this happened. Uh, and there's a different situation for myself than, uh, than, than someone like Tabo or many other people in the NBA, like you were saying. Go, and go I, ahead. and
1: you? I think it's fair to be critical of Kyle Corver that moment. Cause he's being critical of himself in right? the moment. Yeah, Yeah. 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 Like, yeah. and that's the whole point of his piece is that, I mean, he's a little embarrassed that that was his first reaction. And again, like the point of this, like Keith, you and I are not equity experts, right? We're just people. But here we are with our little platform that we have talking about it and we're kind of bumbling through it and we're not quite sure the words to say, but like this is important to talk about and acknowledge. And that's what Kyle Corver did. And again, I'm not trying to pat ourselves on the back. It's just important that these issues get brought up. And yeah, recognizing like as white dudes, We carry a privilege that other people don't. We have the luxury of not thinking about racial inequality in the same way as other people do, as black and brown Americans do, because they're faced with it all of the time. And yeah, those implicit biases, those snap judgments we make, that is that is part of our white privilege, and it's super important to talk about. So, again, I appreciate that you gave me the time to slide this topic in and not just, like, not appreciative of you. Obviously, you care about this, too. We both do. And, again, like, yeah, I'm bumbling a little bit. That's okay. That's fine. You don't have to have the perfect words to talk about. It's just important to talk about. No,
0: yeah, I'm, I'm glad you wanted to throw this in. I think it's a big issue. It's something to address. And, you know, we have, we have definitely – I think we've both experienced at this point. We have listeners that don't necessarily agree with our – political persuasions or maybe some of our moral or ethical uh, uh, ideals here. It's okay to have disagreements. I think the big thing is to to be able to talk about it uh, and to be able to admit mistakes. uh, Be open to change be open to discussion and maybe changing your perspectives if you hear something that kind of makes more sense than you thought about before and part of that is having these discussions in the first place
1: i i think that's well said and speaking of changing your perspective we got some breaking news today keith i just want to transition (laughs) magic johnson has changed his perspective on his job with the los angeles lakers magic johnson resigned abruptly at an impromptu press conference at Staples Center before the Lakers Blazers game saying he didn't want to be president of the Lakers anymore saying that Jeannie Buss the owner of the Lakers is like a sister to him and he respects her so much and she knows that nobody respects her more than him but he didn't respect her enough to tell her that news (laughs) to her face when he had a three-hour conversation with her about the future of the team and didn't bother to mention that he didn't want the job anymore this is one of the most bizarre things that's happened this whole story about the lakers season from top to bottom has been so odd this only broke a couple of hours ago keith did you catch much of this news have you read up on it yet i know i kind of sprung this on you last no, second
0: but my my first my first notification about this was when you texted me about it i had not seen anything until you you i think well let me actually go and find your text in here but you wrote me earlier this afternoon uh you you oh uh, i almost got to it uh while you're well, looking hey, for the text more today
1: the, while you're looking for there the is. text, okay, go for it.
0: Magic Johnson called an impromptu presser, quit his job, and said he hasn't even told Genie Bus. And you texted me that, and I'm just like, wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> I, I was like, wait, did that actually happen, or is this just some like joke or like theme you want to play up on?
1: And and look, Andrew Sharp of the open floor pod, he said it best when he said that a lot of this reporting and a lot of the direct quotes coming from Magic Johnson reads like an onion article parodying Magic Johnson resigning. <laughs> he said that he goes back to tweeting more. He gets to tweet whatever he wants. He couldn't even congratulate Russell Westbrook on that 2020 game oh because God. he's the president of the Lakers. Oh, he wants to mentor Ben Simmons and Serena Williams, who's a tennis player, by the way. The whole thing is completely ridiculous. And by the <laughs> way, this dude, he was a coach for two seconds, and then he quit. When he was a player with the Lakers, there was confusion with the owner of whether Jerry West or Pat Riley was the head coach. And they left that press conference totally confused as to who the actual head coach was of the Lakers back in the 80s. You should look on Eric Griffith of Blazers Edge tweeted about this a little bit earlier. Magic Johnson, he wants to go back to having fun, Keith. He wants to go back to being (laughs) the good guy and mentoring people. He didn't want to do his job. What a fucking luxury this guy has. So much money. He could just say a big fuck you to his boss without even seeing her, without even looking her in the eye to tell her at least Jeannie Buss, like, has enough, like... Let me just say this. I don't like the Lakers. You don't like the Lakers. As a Blazers fan, we shouldn't like the Lakers. But I actually have a lot of respect for Genie Buss and for the Buss family and everything they've done for that franchise. This is the ultimate disrespect. The disrespect of Magic Johnson to do this at a press conference. (laughs) Like, What if Neil Olshay just quit without even looking Vulcan or anybody in the eye and just doing it publicly? Like, This is completely unacceptable, is it not? Well, I mean, to be fair,
0: I think if Olshay just quit, half of Portland would be more than happy to be like, all right thank you all right on to the next step let's move (laughs) on uh but yeah it's insane the way that magic handled this thing i can't believe that uh, and and i I think actually what you said is totally accurate the the bottom line of this is he is so secured he he has everything he could ever ask for financially fame wise uh name recognition whatever you want to say uh he's he's wanting for nothing so he has no real you know he didn't have any sort of fear about oh i should probably let this person know i don't know i, I said fear <laughs> there but it might almost more be respect is there a problem with like does he just not respect Jeannie bush was, was this just another adventure for him kind of like dipping his toe in the coaching pool like you mentioned as well i i, I don't know man uh I'm not trying to shade Magic Johnson too much, but this does not look. Good. I am.
1: I'm trying to shade him. Like, yeah, like <laughs> he says he respects Jeannie Buss and all this. He couldn't even tell her when they were talking about it the other day. It's just, it's super weird. And by the way, like, let's really quickly let's enjoy some Schrödinger. About this Lakers season, what happened? They signed LeBron James. Then what did they do? They signed zero players who could shoot and a bunch of old washed up players who needed the ball in their hands. Then when their season was falling apart, they convinced Anthony Davis to drop his agent and then sign with somebody else and then make a trade request and then put the entire (laughs) Lakers team up on the block to trade for Anthony Johnson, which completely broke the Lakers locker room. And then LeBron gets hurt. And then their season goes to crap. They've wasted a year of LeBron's prime. This is not good. And by the way, one more thing about this. We know that Luke Walton, the coach of the Lakers, is a favorite of Jeannie Buss and was not a favorite of Magic Johnson. Is this about getting Luke Walton fired? And if LeBron wants Luke Walton fired, but Jeannie Buss does not want Luke Walton fired, does this mean that (laughs) next year, LeBron James is gonna make a trade request? Book it. He is asking for a trade out of Tinseltown. Book it.
0: Okay, I'm good with that. I, I would love to see that happen. You know, you know that I've been calling this whole season since preseason. Even I said that the Lakers weren't even going to make the playoffs. I, I call that like we I, we have the receipts on the on this show. We have the receipts. Can go back and look at the episodes. Uh, <laughs> I was saying from the very beginning, the Lakers could miss the playoffs for it, and I love seeing this crumble and fall. This is your daily reminder that the Blazers have a better record than the Lakers. I, I feel pretty happy about that right now. But this is also the most time we have ever spent talking about the Lakers on this podcast. <laughs> so I think at this point, we should move on. What do you feel like doing next? Should we talk about uh, the game going on right now, CJ returned the other night, or or uh, home court? Let's, let's go chronological. Let's talk about CJ. What do you think? Let's talk about it.
1: So right, cool. um, CJ comes back from that... Popliteus strain was that what it popliteus. was yeah, Popliteus, yeah you know Popliteus, thank you you're
0: right now see we can do both we can flip it around popli- popli- uh, Popliteus uh or popliteous just popliteus. You
1: gotta... so he comes <laughs> back from oh, a affordable. strain of this muscle in his knee and he plays limited minutes so let's ignore the box score how did he look on the court and i'll just say briefly for me i thought he looked pretty good i thought cj looked good but for you keith how did cj look on the court in his return from that injury He looked good at first. He he looked really hot at first when he was coming in, man. I think
0: he had, what, like a... In his first shift, even before they brought Seth in in the uh, three-minute mark of the first quarter, uh, CJ had nine points and a couple uh, rebounds or maybe a couple assists, but the problem was at the end of 25 minutes, the end of the game, he still had nine points, six rebounds, six assists. He played a little further on, but most of his action was done in the first quarter and done by half. After halftime, he was pretty much non-factor. Like Even if he was on the bench, you would be disappointed with what he produced out there.
1: That's true, but I was looking at how he moved and how he Looked and like some of his shots were off, and he didn't have his wind back fully, but he moved really, really well. He moved super comfortably. And as we're watching this Blazers Lakers game, he still looks like he's moving well. Like, I'm not super concerned that he's not all the way back, that his touch and his conditioning are not all the way back. That doesn't concern me. I was worried about how he'd look moving side to side, and he looks more or less fine. I mean, would you agree with that? He does look fine. I think he looks good. Thing is, he missed 10 games. This
0: isn't like he didn't miss some huge stretch as far as, like, where his cardio would disappear. Uh, and, and then the injury as well. This isn't something that was, like, necessarily sideline where he wasn't able to perform. We saw him taking shots in, in uh, the practice facility fairly early on, Right. We
1: did, but I would actually argue against 10 games, like, your cardio, it does kind of go away a little bit. It's kind of like a use it or lose it type of thing. And, Keith, as somebody who recently completed a half marathon, <laughs> yeah. I know a little bit. I was bit, waiting for
0: you to bring that up. It's oh, been, yeah, I'm going to bring long. it up. Um, We're 15 I, look, minutes in, bro.
1: <laughs> if, you, if, you take, if you take enough time off, like, you're going to feel it, like... It's just it's going to happen. And like whether it's five games or 10 games, it's basically in in my experience, because I'm totally professional athlete in my experience, it's after that's a joke, by the way, in my experience, (laughs) it's after even just a couple days of getting rest like you feel it like you definitely do have to get your win back. And it's tough because CJ has historically been the player in the NBA who's run the most miles over the course of a season. So he's really used to like running around a bunch. So maybe it affects him particularly like I don't know, but anyway i thought no, that's he looked actually good. A good point that's like that's definitely
0: addressing one of his assets one of his strengths has been his cardio his endurance his ability to keep moving around uh and you got to imagine when he came back in the game on sunday uh when he came back for the game on sunday against denver that he was playing the same role they weren't going to have him kind of be more of a spot up shooter or anything he was playing the normal role where he's moving all, all through the game so in, it would make in sense his, that his his, in his off. minutes were kind of mixed up too right i mean that's part of it yeah, that's true too. Tonight so far as well. So against the Lakers, he's got nineteen minutes on the game, uh, two of eight shooting, one of four from deep, one rebound, ah, uh, five points total.
1: I'm not concerned about it, Keith. I just wanna see that he's moving well. That's all I care about. And I'm
0: honestly I'm not concerned about the stats that he's putting out there. I'm actually happy to see him if if, if we want him to produce in the first round of the playoffs, which we kinda need him to at this point, obviously. Yes. He we, we I wanna see him shake the rust off now. So I'm Honestly, when he came back last Sunday or the, uh, what, 2 days ago, I was a little kind of, you know, I was a little nervous about it. I wasn't really sure if that was the right move to bring him back at the time, but at this point, considering that he is not quite performing as well as I had hoped he would, like he's not as close to 100% as I first thought he might be, good, get him back in the game, get him warmed up, get him ready for the first round because You know, when when he went down, it was just uh, we hadn't seen Nurko down yet. I was kind of like, okay, we could make it through the first round and have him come back in the second; we'd be okay. At this point, we need him for the first round. Do you agree?
1: Totally agree. Blazers need him really badly. And yes, like it's true; like he needs to shake the rust. Now, I would not be surprised. So, let me let me say this: I would not be surprised to see him play against the Kings tomorrow, even though the Blazers have won this game against the Lakers, and we are. In the future, <laughs> we're looking at our crystal ball because technically, as we record, the Blazers Seven are only up four left. in the third quarter on the Lakers, so it's still a close game. The Blazers are going to win. They're going to get home court, and it's done. a great transition to talk about home court. We don't know who their opponent's going to be. There's uh, the Jazz one today. It looks like the Rockets are actually going to eke it out against the Thunder, so it looks like the third seed for the Blazers is out of the question. They're in the fourth seed, but I don't think that we're sure yet who they're going to face, but I think the most likely outcome is the jazz so let's start with a very simple question Keith for this Blazers team that does not have Yusuf Nurkic that will have CJ McCollum but doesn't have Nurkic does home court matter does it matter does it give them a better chance at moving on to the second round
0: so we already mentioned him once in the podcast tonight but I wanted to shout out to Eric Griffith again front of the show uh great guy he's been writing a lot of stuff on the playoff uh seating as it goes and he wrote a piece uh, for today. I think I had this uh, reference on here if I was, if we were going to do topics that we never really got to. But uh, he was mentioning that home court, as far as uh, some of the other seasons, if we are a 3-6 matchup, it might matter a little more. But as a 4-5 matchup, there's not a lot of evidence in past uh, seasons that home court really matters that much. These teams are mashed close enough that it's going to matter more about how they are, are playing as teammates, how uh, how the health is going, obviously. And, you know, that's a factor for both of these teams at this point. But uh, no, so I, I would say, honestly, if we are locked in at this point, we are seeing that, yeah, there's no chance of us really getting the third seed where we're, we're going to be either the four or the five, depending on how things shake out over the next two days.
1: Yeah, that. Court, well, I. it's weird. So let me look here really quick. It looks like the Thunder are down two with nine seconds to go. Uh, what happened here? So, okay, okay they're down two, but then they intentionally foul with nine point four seconds left. So, ostensibly, the Rockets are going to make one. two. Yeah, they're going to make two free throws, and the Rocket the Rockets will be up three. The Thunder will have the ball nine seconds, so they'll get a desperation three to go to overtime, maybe. So, yeah, let's just say the Blazers are going to be in the fourth seed. They're going to have home court. Um, okay. But again, either way, fourth or fifth doesn't really make as much of a difference. The big question at this
0: point is uh, if the Blazers want an extra night of rest. One, one extra night. Timmy mentioned this on uh, on Twitter. Actually, I heard it earlier. Timmy from Blazers Edge. If the Blazers want an extra night of rest for Game eighty-two, uh, they need to uh, root for the Rockets to win the game because that would give us basically. It makes tomorrow night inconsequential if we have the season locked up, right?
1: Yeah, I have to think about it. I have to look at Eric Griffith's little like automated spreadsheet that spits out oh, the results. Oh, there it is! Wow. Yeah. Sorry. No, it's so <laughs> yeah. Uh, what, uh, wh- holy! I've gotten, whoa! Uh, wait a yeah, minute! Whoa! Whoa! whoa. Did you just see that?
0: <laughs> I may have been like a second or two ahead of you. <laughs> Sorry about that. Did the Thunder?
1: <laughs> did the Thunder just? Are, are they going to win this game?
0: Yeah, one point eight seconds to go in the Thunder versus what? Houston game. What uh, the hell just happened? Ta- okay, wait a minute. OKC is up one point.
1: Let me. We're doing this. We're doing it. Fuck it. We're doing it live. (laughs) It looks like what happened is that the Thunder were down by three. Russell Westbrook dunked it to put them down by one with nine seconds to go. They intentionally fouled. And James Harden only made one of two. Right. And so then... No, the the, the game was tied at 110. Yeah, the Thunder got the rebound with no timeouts, and then Paul George made a three with 1.8 seconds left. The Thunder up by one with 1.8 seconds left. Rockets ball, Rockets call a timeout. This is pretty thrilling. Do you want to do the play-by-play for this last play, Keith? (laughs) All right, we got 1.8 seconds left. Uh, OKC up 112 over Houston at
0: 111. Uh, Man, yeah, I I, I didn't even realize that Harden missed that second free throw. That was so critical of of this here. Having a tie game at this point would be a, a different situation, but Paul George hitting that three from the corner, putting the Thunder up one point. If we can get to the live action here. Oh, nice, nice action from the bench, though. All of that. Well, you know what? Actually, no. Fuck that. That was not good action from the bench. I saw Ray, Raymond Cupcake Felden over there. Not good action at all. <laughs> uh, just some high fives. They have no no love at all. Did you see the face from Zach the other day? There's a great uh, gif on Reddit right now of Zach kind of like putting the shoulders back, putting some sneer on the face a little no, bit. No, I didn't see uh, that. Oh, man. Like It looks like from that at least one shot, OKC okay, so has no good action from their bench. I don't see any sort of, like, enthusiasm. P- pretty, you know, just universal, generic, like, hand up in the air. Okay, here we go. Play is back. Houston about to inbounds. Uh, Aquaman, I'm sorry. Kyle Drogo. I mean, I'm sorry. Steven Adams guarding the ball here as they inbounds. Houston going passing into oh no calling timeout so five second delay houston going the other direction okay this is a bad play call we are still at 1.8 seconds left in the game
1: that's okay Okay, that's what happens when you do the podcast live keith so yeah you're right the thunder (laughs) force the rockets into a timeout. the rockets have zero timeouts they're going to be inbounding the ball with 1.8 seconds left in this critical game like so my understanding and maybe while i'm talking you can pull up eric griffith shared this spreadsheet that's automated and you can punch in the results it shows you what happens. I think that if the Thunder beat the Rockets right here, which it looks like they may be able to do, I think the Blazers, if they win tomorrow, I think the Blazers are the third seed. And I would love for you to confirm that. I don't think that is accurate. I'm going to tell you one thing. You son of a bitch.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I don't think. uh, I I don't have Eric's spreadsheet ready to pull up right now. And uh, I have some other things going on, so I'm not going to. uh,
1: Oh, God uh, damn it. All right. I'll uh, try to find
0: it. But what I did do is switch back to the Blazer game versus the Lakers. And Damien. Oh, dang it. He just went for the dunk with uh, just under halfway through the third quarter. uh, Missed the dunk. But we are up five points on the Lakers at 66 61 as oh i'm sorry that was a horrible play call i couldn't really tell what was happening because my uh unfortunately the stream did not the, the stream did not cooperate all right so uh anyway let's let's move on to an actual topic though so home court wait, 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 yeah. hold
1: on a second wait just hold on a second keith i'm gonna just delay because i'm watching this on a slight delay the rockets are trying to inbound the ball you're they, the inbound, other game? they inbounded james harden and he misses so the the thunder win so the thunder just beat the rockets that's what you're trying to say right
0: no the Oh yeah, Thunder win. There we go. Yeah, so uh, so Houston falls to the Thunder by one point. The game is over on that end. I'm switching back to the Blazers game, but yeah, I think that I don't think that locks into the third seed. I think that locks us into fourth or fifth.
1: So hold on a second. No, that is incorrect. The Blazers are locked into at least fourth if they win tonight. But by nature of the Thunder winning... So let me see here. Hold on a second. So I'm using Eric Griffith again. uh, His Twitter handle is at G underscore NBA. He has this spreadsheet where if you choose the outcomes, it shows you what the seeds could be. It looks like... The Blazers have a chance at the three seed by nature of the Thunder winning, but only if the Blazers win tonight. And let me see. I'm going to flip. If the Blazers win tomorrow, does that lock it in? It does not. It does. No, (laughs) okay. So it looks like if the Blazers win tonight and win tomorrow, the Blazers are the three seed. That's what's showing. Are you sure? That's what's showing on Eric Griffith's little spreadsheet here.
0: Okay, okay, okay. You know, we're gonna have to have him on the show, maybe if we can get him for next Sunday. No, that is I can time.
1: I can now confirm if the Blazers win today and tomorrow, they will be the three seed because the Thunder just beat the Rockets. That is what's gonna happen. Wow. Okay, well I guess there's still something in play then. Something that's like... wild. Okay. Uh interesting. So now the I I'm we're bumbling, but that's because we're doing it live. If <laughs> if the Blazers win tonight and tomorrow and we're counting on them winning tonight so if they win tomorrow against the nuggets then the blazers could hypothetically play a they could play the thunder does that not change that doesn't change that doesn't that does change They could plow. Wait a minute. I'm sorry. God damn it. This is... Damn it, Eric. You've confused me. (laughs) Maybe I should cut all of this talk out. Now I'm going to keep it all in. You're going to see all of the seedy underbelly of making this stupid podcast. So let me put it this way. By nature of the Thunder beating the Rockets, the Blazers have a chance at the third seed. Eric's spreadsheet was indeterminate as to how that will actually happen, but it is possible. Okay, I'm going to shut up now. Keith, please drive the show. You're better at this than I am. Hold up.
0: All right. I feel like we're forgetting something because when I'm, when I'm looking at on my computer, when I just refreshed, I have the Rockets now as the second seed. After when oh, that can't be right, that can't be up to date. Never mind.
1: So okay, Eric. Let's move Eric, on. Eric is tweeting. <laughs> Hold on, he's he's gonna defend himself. Eric is tweeting. He is saying that. Tomorrow night's games are officially super complicated. Everything is still up for grabs except the five seed. And that's assuming the Blazers win tonight, which we are assuming. So it does sound like while the Blazers have a chance at the three seed, it's not totally locked in yet. But the chance is there. That's what we're going to stick with. Sorry about being confusing. It's my fault. It's also Eric's fault. How dare you? Uh, You were going to say something that's much more interesting than that. It was not even relevant, uh, relevant at all. Uh, I, you know what I do want to talk
0: about though, uh, Dame. Let's talk about Dame.
1: Okay. He, he, <laughs> We're gonna he, be he way more secure so talking about Dame than all these insane hypothetical outcomes. The, the, the hypotheticals, I'm not even sure
0: if I agree with you on some of the math, but if Eric is backing up at what he's saying, I guess we will see how it shakes out. I, th- I thought the third seed was out of our grasp at this point from the way that I was looking at it.
1: But one one more gonna... one more tweet from Eric. So the Blazers' path to the three seed became a very real possibility. They need to beat the Lakers tonight, which they will. They need to beat the Kings tomorrow, and then they need the Nuggets to beat the Timberwolves, which is totally possible and even that would likely. That yeah. well,
0: Except the Nuggets are tanking the hell out of it, man.
1: Yeah, but if they want to stay where they are, they're going to want to win at least tomorrow. And the the, the Timberwolves are not the team that the Blazers or the Jazz are, so that's you know that's fair.
0: Timberwolves are another team. So who who are we facing at this point? Like, how are we shaking out? You think if we stay in the four seed? Uh... Well, no. So are you saying if we beat the Lakers, we could be the three seed? Like how likely is Correct. that? Is it is so, an outside possibility or? So here
1: here it is. And, and, and I've confused myself, but I'm going to unconfuse everybody, including myself. If the Blazers, <laughs> if the Blazers win tonight, tomorrow, and they're going to win tonight, if they win tonight, tomorrow, and the Nuggets beat the Timberwolves tomorrow, Blazers are the three Which seed. Should happen. If the really? Blazers win tonight, they are the four seed, no matter what. So, When the Blazers win tonight, we're
0: probably facing the we're facing the Utah Jazz with the four seed, right?
1: Probably, but they could also face a host of other teams and it's not determined yet. So Uh. it's all very confusing. (laughs) I know. I know
0: Uh, who is the most. I feel like Utah Jazz is the most likely opponent. If we are the four seed, who is the most likely opponent? If we are the three seed,
1: the Thunder, which I'm not sure if I like that.
0: that. So that's what I was trying to get. Do you prefer the three or the four then?
1: Ah, I think I'd prefer to face the Jazz and the Thunder. The Blazers are 0-4 against the Jazz this year, or against the Thunder this the year. The Thunder,
0: yeah, yeah. Although, 4-0 against them last year, right? So it could shake out either way. Uh, God, I don't know. I, I do feel like what we've said recently, if just to stay consistent, the Thunder are the least favorite matchup for us at this point, despite what the Blazers have said. I, I feel like that is just, we, we don't match up well with the guys who can... Defend Dame and CJ as far as the guard. Russ is impassioned for it, if nothing else, and they have some other good defenders there. The, their strength of the wing with Paul George is kind of a weakness for us. And honestly, the, the, the advantage we had at center with Yusuf Nurkic is maybe less so now. If, if any team is going to know what Kenner brings to the floor, it would be the Thunder, right?
1: Yeah, it would. But then again, maybe Canner has something to play for because it's his former team. Although he left the Thunder on pretty good terms, I'm sure, uh, if I remember remembering correctly. Um, So as we're switching back to talking about the playoffs and we're assuming the Blazers get home court advantage, like I think the most important thing to think about is does it even make a difference? Like, nope. with, without Nurkic, does it even matter? Like, do the Blazers even have a chance of getting the second round, no matter the opponent? Let's not even talk about who the opponent is, but, like, with home court, like, does that even matter without Nurkic?
0: We have a strong team. We, we can get the Nurkic? second round, yes. Yeah, even without Nurk, man. I, I think we've been playing really well. I'm not convinced that we are... I'm not convinced that... uh uh the Utah Jazz or the Spurs or even the Clippers are necessarily out of our range. I worry more about the Thunder this year since we have played them with full strength and not done so well. But Utah, we've beat with and without Nurk already this season. So I don't think it's impossible that we play well in these matchups as long as we get something somewhat favorable. I just, Again, I almost kind of am hoping at this point for the four seed.
1: Yeah, I mean, I kind of agree with you, actually, because Rudy Gobert, one of the best defensive players in the NBA, no question. But if Cantor, who's been more confident shooting the three, can pull him out to three or Zach Collins can pull him out to three or Myers Leonard can pull him out to three. And by the way, like Rudy Gobert made a three tonight, by the way. Yes, he did. It was a desperation, but it still went in. But Myers had head faking then a good shot. I liked it. Yeah, that's fair. But Myers Leonard is actually, uh, you know, when you think about it, Rudy Gobert is one of those players Myers Leonard can actually play pretty well against. Like, yeah, totally. he's going to struggle against, like, stretchier centers. But, like, so you might actually see if the Blazers do play the Jazz that Myers Leonard plays a little bit more than you might expect. And, again, if you're pulling Legend. Rudy Gobert out of the middle, that's what you want to see. So... Yeah, I mean, I, but I'm not going to go so far as to say the Blazers really have a shot. I mean, a lot of things would need to break their way. So you don't think
0: we win the first round series, no matter who the opponent is?
1: I think the chances are not
0: super really? likely. Wow. I, am I honestly, I would have, uh, I was feeling that way right after the Nurk injury happened, but. The way the team has looked since then, I know it was against weaker opponents like we talked about before, but now even seeing CJ back and having him in for a couple games to kind of shake that rust off, I don't know, man. I'm not super negative about it. I, I feel like this team... And how about that? If we could get through the first round without one of our top three best players, I feel like, again, that says something pretty good for our future, right? Like... I just want to see if we don't do well in the second round. Sorry, I just
1: I just want to see the Blazers get a win. That's what I want to see because I know they played the Warriors two years ago, but getting swept by the Pelicans, that's a bummer. I want to see them get a win. Like I don't oh, mind we're if not they
0: don't... Sweat. we're not getting swept. We're not getting swept this year. Can
1: I can we lock that in?
0: Yes. Lock it in. We're gonna lock I, it like, in. Like, like, let's put a bet on it. Like if 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 we got swept this year, what would you do?
1: I would probably eat a Klondike bar.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, I feel good about it, though. Honestly, I, I don't think there's much chance of us getting swept this year. It, even, like, facing Utah, they're not dominant enough to do it. The, the, most, uh, the, the largest threat to having another sweep would be the Thunder, in my opinion. So, again, that's just who I don't want to face. But even against OKC, I don't think that's going to happen. I don't see us being... In that much of a disadvantage. I don't see us getting at least one game out of them, maybe two even.
1: Well, Trail Cashers Nation, let us know what you think. When <laughs> Keith and I are back on this podcast, we will have more certainty about exactly who the Blazers are playing. And Keith, we're also going to try to hook up with one of our partner podcasts, whoever the yes. opponent is. I want to reach out to a podcast of that team, maybe get on their show, get them on our show, talk about that matchup, break it down a little bit. But before we get out of here, is there anything else that you want to mention? Because I think I'm pretty much out of ideas. Uh well I I want
0: to say at least a uh, shout out to Enos Kanter so far uh again we we got like 50 seconds left in the third quarter a two point game unfortunately but you know we we know the Blazers are gonna break it out at the end they're gonna win he's already got his he's they're gonna win or, his, or else
1: we have to re-record the whole fucking thing there's no way I'm doing that <laughs> uh Kanter
0: already has his double-double though uh I, th- I can't remember exactly he what had 15 points saw, in the first quarter yeah dude he's crushing it. I think he had like 23 and 11 right now uh Blazers are looking pretty good man I, I'm not too worried about it I I feel like they're gonna have a good postseason run. But in closing, your honorable listeners, that's it. That's our show. Thank you, Brandon, as always. That's uh, Thank you to Odar for these fat beats. Thank you to our sponsors, NBA Adventures and Clear Speaking. And thank you, listeners, for a great listening. We hope you enjoy your Blazers, Europe City basketball, and our latest episode. Thank you one more time. And please come back next uh, Sunday for the next edition of the Trailcasters.
1: <laughs> Sorry, did I cut that off too soon? No, it was great. I don't understand why the Blazers are having such trouble with these Lakers, though. As they hit a three, now they're down to the Lakers. I'm not enjoying this game very much.
0: Are you to. So- oh, my God.
1: But... They're going to win because we are not re-recording this. There's no way. <laughs> and this is all staying in.
0: Well, hey, man, it's like I said, maybe we just really want the fourth seed in general. So uh, we're just going to, you know, we heard the that uh, the Houston OKC game went that way towards OKC. And so they're just trying to lock it in by, you know, we'll, we'll just lose this game. Here well, the problem probably is probably the Blazers forward.
1: lose tonight and tomorrow. Then they're going to get the fifth seed. So that's no good. But, but home court doesn't matter as much when we have four or five.
0: It's only about three uh, or six or two or seven. Guess. This is according to Eric, man. Okay, you know what? We need Oh, him the on gospel on
1: according to Eric, and now he's what? Like your savior and blah, blah, blah. I'm,
0: I'm going to write him right now. I'm going to say we need him on the show someday. <laughs> no, for real. I'm going to write him right now. Okay. Okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs>